Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, God is good. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and turn our Bibles to Proverbs uh, chapter 4. Heaven is calling. Yeah. Four. Amen. Verse one. Listen to my correction, my son, and I'm reading from the Passion Translation right here. Listen, uh, listen to my correction, my sons, for I speak to you as your father. Let discernment enter your heart, and you will grow wise with understanding I impart. My revelation truth is a gift to you, so remain faithful to my instruction. For I, too, was once the delight of my father and cherished by my mother, their beloved child. Then my father taught me, saying, Never forget my words. If you do everything that I teach you, you will reign in life. So make wisdom your quest. Search for revelation of life's meaning. Don't let what I say go in one ear and out the other. Stick with wisdom, and she will stick to you. Protecting you throughout your days, she will rescue uh, all those who passionately listen to her voice. Wisdom is the most valuable commodity, so buy it. Revelation knowledge is what you need, so invest in it. Wisdom will exalt you, and when you exalt her, she will lead you to honor and favor when you live your life by her insights. Amen. Father, thank you for your word tonight. And we ask you in the name of the Lord Jesus to just uh, grant us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Thank you and honor you for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Still talking about confession, and we're kind of trying to come at this at different angles to help us to understand how important that it is. And we, we know that, as we've said many times before, words, everybody say words, are containers of power. Words are containers of power. Every time you open your mouth, something is coming out. Amen? Good or bad, light or darkness, evil or good. Every time that you open, open your mouth. And think about this because words govern our lives. Words govern our lives. They govern our families. They govern our cities. They govern the nations of the earth. Words that are spoken. I was thinking today when I was uh, 
and just uh, meditating on, on tonight's service, were how that uh, words can cause division, how that they can cause death, how that they can cause wars, how that they stir up hatred, strife, and how that also, uh, on the other hand, that they can rescue us or deliver us. So everybody say, in my mouth, in my tongue, is the power to govern, to govern. So what does that tell you? It tells me that I need to be uh, very careful in how I use what God has given me in my mouth. Amen? What I say, what I speak, what I say. And uh, I want to read to you tonight uh, from Proverbs chapter number uh, three, and uh, going to go back a chapter and kind of come forward. And this is what he says. I'm going to be reading from the King James Version. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Let your heart do what? Keep my commandments. For what? Length of days and long life and peace shall they add to you. All right, think about that. He's telling you something important. My son, my son, forget not my law. Forget not my law. Or let's just say, let's don't forget the word. Don't forget the word. But let your heart keep my commandments. How many know that his commandments aren't grievous? Amen. Keep my commandments. Man, if we could just have a, a platform tonight where we could just stand up in front of this nation and teach the whole nation, this would be a good place to start right here. Keep my commandments. Why? Because they are length of days and long life and peace they add to you. Man, that's a good deal. That's a good deal. Length of days. How many want to live a long time? All right, let's just back up a minute. How want to live a long time and be decrepit and miserable and have no health and messed up? That would be a curse. How many would like to live long and feel great, have energy, be strong, and, and, and all of those things? Somebody say amen. 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 Your natural force not being abated, your eyesight not being dim like Moses. Wouldn't that be awesome? Amen. So he's telling us, he said, let thine heart keep my commandments. Because if you do... He says, length of days. Everybody say, length of days. I like what Psalm 91 says. He says, with long life, he will satisfy you and show you his salvation. Length of days and long life and peace shall they add to you. I think everybody needs peace today. Amen. They need to be at peace with God first, but they need peace with themselves. They need peace with humanity, peace with people. You think about the turmoil and all that's happening right now in our nation, in our major cities, especially especially with the demonstrations, that tells you that there's no peace there. There's confusion. Every evil work that exists. And he says here, when you keep my commandments, when you keep my commandments, length of days and long life and peace shall they add to you. All right? If we were to... Uh, look at what's going on in the world, we would find out that it comes from what they're saying. What's coming out their mouth? Hate speech. And that's what they accuse Christians of. Amen? That's what they accuse God's people of. But this 
is what the, where the problem lies is that it always starts with what you say. Amen? Always starts with what you say. I know down through the years that I've had opportunities to walk into situations where there was a lot of things stirred up and just be able to say, just calm down. Just calm down. And you walk up and you say what God says. It begins to change things. Somebody say amen. Because when you begin to release the word of God and you begin to say the things that God says, that word is so powerful that it begins to harness the enemy. I like the way that one man described this when he talked about peace. You know, when Jesus, when the storm was up on the sea and the disciples were in panic mode, and remember they were saying, we're going to die. God help us. We're going to drown. This is the end of us. And that's the way a lot of people are in the earth today. Oh, God help me. I'm going to die. Lord Jesus, what am I going to do? Jesus, what's? oh, God help me. God help me. God help me. That's panic mode. But the Bible said that when they realized that Jesus is on board and found him and got him up, what did he do? He went up and he said, peace, be still. He said that actual Greek language meant that peace rose up and wrestled that storm to the ground. It's like in wrestling when you body slam something. That's what peace did. It rose up, took that storm and body slammed it. Amen. I think that a lot of people just need to understand that God's peace passes all understanding, and it keeps your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Amen. Whatsoever things are good, pure, lovely, and of a good report, set your mind upon that and the peace of God, and the peace of God. Somebody say, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. So he's telling me that if I learn how to speak right and talk right, and that comes first of all, by letting my heart keep his commandments. Amen. David said, uh, you know, I will speak his word day and night. I will talk about him up on my bed before I go to sleep. I'll mention him. I'll begin to talk about the goodness of God. Also throughout the day, Joshua said this, when you meditate in his word day and night, when you muttered or speak it to yourself, over and over and over again, something good is going to happen to you because, number one, you're going to be more aware of those commandments and you're going to be uh, more alert so that you won't fall into the panic mode but that you will speak the Word of God. Amen? Somebody say, speak the Word. Speak the Word. Speak the Word. Because if you live stressed out, and you have stuff coming out of your mouth. What am I going to do? How am I going to make it? I don't know how I'm going to, how this is going to happen. Oh, God, help me. I'm going to die. When you live that kind of life, you're not going to have length of days. And you're not going to have long life. And you're certainly not going to have peace. But he says when you keep his commandments, when you speak of them in your house, when you talk about Jesus in your house, when you talk about his, his word in your house, he says length of days. Somebody say length of days, length of days, <clears throat> excuse me, and long life will they add to you. Listen to what he says in verse 3. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Mm -mm. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father the son in whom he delights. Happy is the man that finds wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof of fine gold, she is more precious than rubies, 
and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared to her. Listen, verse 16. What does it say? Length of days. Length of days is in her right hand. Wow. And in her left hand, riches and honor. What is? That's wisdom and understanding. Everybody say wisdom and understanding. Mm -hmm. All right. Length of days are in her right hand, and in her left hand, riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold of her, and happy is everyone that retaineth her. The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth. By understanding, he has established the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down to you. My son, let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, so shall they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Then shalt thou walk in thy way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I like this. Because <laughs> he's telling me something about understanding and wisdom. I was thinking about this. You know, that when we understand the repercussions of when we release something from our mouth, what it can cause, you learn from that. Somebody say amen. How many have ever said something you wished you could have taken back? <laughs> How many wished you said, my God, I wish I'd never said that? Uh-huh. How many would like to say, my God, I wish you hadn't said it either? Amen. But see, he's talking here about getting wisdom and getting understanding because God, by wisdom, founded the earth, created all things through his wisdom and through his understanding. See, God understood if I'm going to speak these things into existence, I have to call them what they're going to be, and I cannot deviate from the path. So we have to follow the same thing. When he uses this word understanding here, listen to what he's talking about. He's talking about knowledge. He's talking about understanding. He's talking about discernment. He's talking about completeness. He's talking about perfection. So when we talk about understanding, I, I won't understand him, but my understanding only comes from one place. It's going to come from the wisdom of the word. Amen? Wisdom. Wisdom, I say knowledge. Wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Three priceless things that we need in life. So understanding, understanding. It also means to separate mentally. Now we're going somewhere. Now listen. To separate mentally, to attend, to consider, to discern. It means to be eloquent. It means to feel. It means to mark, to perceive, to regard, to deal wisely. To have discernment, insight, understanding, to be intelligent. I like that. I like that. With all thy getting, get wisdom. Get understanding. Get them. Because knowledge is contained in that. Because he's, he's coming from, from the respect that you have the knowledge of the word in you. And this word is also kin to the word that Paul uses. He said, see that you walk circumspectly according to the knowledge that you receive from God's word 
the teaching, the preaching of the Word of God, or when you read the Word of God, when you, when you read that according to that knowledge that you receive. See that you walk circumspectly, not as a fool, not as a moron. Remember, we talked about that before several weeks back. But as a wise person, amen. So as we said before, how many have ever said something that you wish you could take back? Amen. How many have ever said something you know caused pain to somebody? Amen. And so the Lord dealt with you. The Lord disciplined you. You had to repent of it. And sometimes you just go back and repent to the person. Somebody say amen. And you get it right with God. And so when we are in the Word and we begin to look and see how God operates and how God moves, I want to be circumspect. I want to look at that Word and I want to say, okay, God, why did you say this? Why is it here? Why are you telling me this? Because he wants me to know that in my tongues, the power of life and death and in the power to, to govern life and in the power to govern circumstances and to be a good leader. Amen? Every one of us should be that way. Somebody say, yes, we should. Amen. Amen. So listen, Proverbs chapter 4 Hear ye children the instruction of a father and attend to no understanding for I give you good doctrine forsake not my law. For I was my father's son tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said unto me let thine heart retain my words keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom, get understanding forget it not neither decline from the words of my mouth. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep her. Wisdom, in verse 7, is the principal thing. Is the principal thing. It is the, it is the fundamental truth that serves as a foundation. It's what he's saying. Wisdom is the principal thing. The principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. So, wisdom is a person. Somebody say, it's Jesus. Jesus has made unto us both wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. And listen to what he goes on to say. With all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her. She shall promote you. She'll bring you honor when you embrace her. Mm -hmm. Man, I like this. I like this. I'm going to stop right there because we're going to go into this a little bit. You think about right now that the turmoil that's in the world, and this is why it's so important for us to read the Word. Read the Word. Because if you watch the newscasters and if you listen to even religious people, they say very little word when they start talking. They give input. They give their ideas. They give everything else but very little about this is what God said. This is what he tells us to do. And in order for our nation to change and in order for things to be turned around, I'm going to have to get the knowledge that God has and the wisdom that comes from him and say, this is what we need to do. This is the path that he's put out before us. Amen? Wouldn't it be nice if every leader in Washington, D.C. would take the Bible and actually get up and read it? 
Amen. I know that they have devotions. I know that they pray, but I'm going to tell you something. Anybody can pray and anybody can do a devotion, but very few people have revelation knowledge of what that truth is. And this is what he's telling us in Proverbs 3 and in Proverbs 4. He said, get some revelation knowledge. Ask the Lord to reveal this truth to you. In other words, make it real in your life. Make it applicable. Somebody say amen. Peace. Somebody say peace. Peace can rule in your heart. Peace can rule in your mind. And peace can rule in this earth. But it's not going to rule until men begin to speak that word of God out of their mouth. Somebody say amen. Amen. You think about right now with all the confusion and the misunderstanding that there is about Israel and all that happened to Israel on, on the 7th and about how these people are marching in the streets and all that's being said, and nobody has any understanding whatsoever. They think actually that Palestine is a state, and it is not. It is not, never has been, and never will be. That land belongs to Israel. And you know what? If we would just get this settled in America and in people's hearts, but you mark this down, it is the enemy. Somebody say, it is the enemy that wants to keep the truth from people. Amen. That's why we have our universities now that teach lies, deception, try to hide the truth from people. I mean, as, as the people of God, uh, I was reading this article yesterday and it's about, uh, uh, about one of the statues that's being removed from the Arlington Cemetery. It's a Civil War, it's a Civil War statue. And one of the things that, that's happening in our world is that the elites are erasing history. These people that are marching in the streets and that teach these lies in universities also say there was never a holocaust. That's historically incorrect. It doesn't have to be in the Bible, but it's historically incorrect. So as a child of God, I've got to speak the truth. And the only way for people to hear the truth and know the truth that sets people free is for me to share it with them whether that's through Facebook, whether that's online, or whether that's witnessing to people, or whether that's calling a congressman or a senator or writing the president a letter or whatever that it takes to get the truth out. Somebody say amen. Because the foundation, remember what the principle, principle is a, fun, a foundational truth. Well, our world believes there's no such thing as absolute truth. Somebody say, this is absolute truth. Amen. This is what God built the world on, right here. Right here. If this ever fails, the earth will implode. But the earth is going nowhere. They also want to tell you that global warming is going to destroy the world. The world is not going to be destroyed by global warming. I want to take that back. Maybe it will when Jesus shows up on a white horse and his, you know, the, the, everything is consumed by the brightness of his glory and coming. And the earth undergoes a fiery renovation. But the earth is not, listen, everything that we need, everything that, that the, the world needs to survive is already in the earth. God made it that way and put it there. The word tells us that. Amen? But you'd be surprised at how many people, even in churches, that, that believe in global warming. Amen? God made it to sustain itself. He put in it everything that it would need to last as long as it needed to last until he got done all that he wanted to get done. Somebody say amen. 
Amen. And so it's not, you can't just, it's not about being nice. It's not about, it's not about trying to be kind to people. It's about speaking what the truth says. Amen. Speak the truth in love. That's confession. Somebody say, that is confession. Confession. I've got to get that truth out in the atmosphere. Somebody say, amen. I've got to get that out. See, I'm trying to get you to understand how important it is for us to speak God's word. To say what God said. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Peter comes along and tells us about the destruction of earth. The revelation tells us about destruction of earth. But it also tells us about final judgment and how things are going to wind up. And so we don't want to waste our time fearful of what's coming in the future that's reserved for the devil and his angels. I want to spend my time doing what Jesus wants me to do and to preach the truth and to speak the truth to everybody that I can come in contact with. Somebody say amen. See, the power of life and death is in our tongues. And the way to change society, because that's what, that is what an awakening does. It changes culture. It changes culture. Revival is for the church, but I'm going to tell you something. If we don't know what to do for revival, why would we need an awakening? We want to get revived ourselves, but we just can't keep getting revived and revived and revived. I've got to begin to say, God, I want wisdom. Why do I want wisdom? Because wisdom is knowledge rightly applied. I, want, I don't want to put a Band-Aid on stuff. I want a healing power to be released out of my mouth because all it takes, all it takes is for one person, somebody say one person, to get up with the message in their mouth to speak it in a timely manner at the right time that God releases it. Changes everything. You know, we read about Billy Graham. We read about Billy Sunday. We read about the Wesley brothers. We read about Charles Finney. We read about all the, the great revivalists of old. But listen, listen, they simply, they simply stood up in the right timing and in that Kairos moment that God ordained for them. And when they spoke and when they released the message, God used it and brought an awakening. Amen. I mean, you look at people like Evan Roberts. You look at our nation. Deborah and I were talking about this yesterday, about the condition that our world has been in at times in past. We have been an absolute wreck, turmoil, confusion. It's been bad. Other nations have been through pure hell. You look at Israel when they went through that Holocaust. You look at World War I, World War II, and those things because people actually thought the world was going to come to an end. You look at the roaring 20s. You look at the immorality. You look at the godlessness that has came at different intervals of time in our nation. But God always came when the church got up and began to confess their sin, number one, and confess his ability to change things. And when we do that, things will change. Wisdom, wisdom. Somebody say wisdom. Wisdom, wisdom. See that you walk circumspectly, not as a fool. Circumspect. I want to speak that truth that God has put in my mouth. I want that truth. I want that truth. Listen, what happens with people that come to church or are Christians is that they think that all they have to do is a duty to come and fill a chair. Our assignment is to be salt and light. You can't be salt without speaking. You can't be light without speaking. Light gets released through your words. The word is light. The word is life. 
Somebody say amen. Our job is to go be salt and light in culture and change the world. Go into the harvest. Go into the culture. I know I was thinking about the border. They call it the border crisis. I call it, I call it border revival mission. You need not to go to any foreign nation anymore. The foreign nations have come to America. And God is saying, go, go, preach the gospel. I think it'd be awesome this coming summer if, if, you know, if God willing that we would form teams and actually send mission teams out to some of these cities and preach the gospel. Rent a tent. Go to those cities where people need to hear the word of God and preach the word. Amen. And see, I believe that's what Jesus has called the church to do. Amen. Somebody say, that is the ultimate confession, to confess Christ. To get and tell people about Jesus. Because what happens is people come to church, and, they, and when they sit in church, they begin to do what? It's like a family. They begin to look at this one. They gnarl up at that one. They speak against this one. They think evil things against that one. Demons start getting stirred up. You know why? Because God never intended for us to sit on our backside and wait on a landslide. He meant for us to go into the world and cast out the devil and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Because when, you, when we sit just in a sitting, I love what Jesus said. He says, look, after you have done your duty, then count yourself as an unprofitable servant. Think about that. Let that sink in. After you've done your duty, not the D-O-O-D-Y, the D-U-T-Y. <laughs> Some of you get that in a minute. After you've done your duty, after you've tithed, after you've prayed, after you've been faithful to the house of God, after you've done those things that he has commanded us to do in the word, after you've done your duty, say, I'm an unprofitable servant. You know what God's saying? He said, you're right. Get out in the harvest. Get out in the harvest. Get out in the harvest because I, I believe one of the reasons that we have seen such a shift in, uh, in the earth and in, Christ, in Christendom as well, you know, it's like was it, they were talking, you know, Barack Obama and some of the other predecessors that, that were before this time said we're going to fundamentally change America because it's God Almighty that allows things to happen because he wants us to be broken out of our comfort zones. He wants us to realize that, my God, the world is on fire around me, and I've got to be the fireman that goes to put that fire out and start the real kind of fire. I have to be, I have to be the one that steps up and moves forward in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. 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 Because when we, when we just... Sit, the enemy, it's called idleness. When we are idle, the enemy is able to put all kinds of stuff in your head. Amen. It's just like why, you know, idleness is such a problem with people, especially, you know, because when you get idle, the devil starts talking. You're going to die. You're, gonna, you're sick. You're never going to make it. <laughs> Something bad is going to happen. All this stuff starts rising up in you. And the next thing you know, you meet somebody and say, that person doesn't like you. Come on. And it just continues to go on. You know, when you're idle, you, you, your, your mind becomes so open to the adversary. But when you're busy, somebody say, when I'm busy, 
when you stay busy, you don't have, that's right, you don't have time for that. You don't have time for it. Somebody say glory to God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Listen. With all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her. She'll promote you. She shall bring you to honor when you do embrace her. She will give to your head an ornament of grace, favor. Somebody say favor. A crown of glory shall she deliver to you. Oh, hear my son and receive my sayings, and the years of your life shall be many, many. Somebody say many. He's talking about worry-free living. He's talking about being stress-free, you know, those kinds of things because when you stay busy, when you stay busy, when you keep your mind upon the Lord, when you keep your, keep your heart set on God, there's no room for the devil to get in. Amen? Somebody say, what do I do? how do I keep the devil from talking to me? Let God talk more than he does. Man, I can't, you know, the devil say, I can't get a word in edgewise. I say, good, get on out of here, hallelujah. Because I want the word being pumped in me continually. Meditate in the word both what day and night. Then thou shalt have a good success, prosperous, in the earth. Somebody say, praise the Lord. And see, this, this, is, this is powerful you know, because this is what happens when you, when, you begin to get, this when you begin to get focused. Look what he says. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led you in paths of righteousness. And when you go, your steps shall not be straightened. And when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Take fast hold of instruction. Don't let her go. Keep her, for she is your life. So God's telling you, he said, look, don't you ever let go of wisdom and don't you ever let go of understanding. Reminds me of this guy one time many years ago. I think it was in Roanoke. We were in Roanoke, and uh, he was having marital problems. And so John was his name. And so he and Tim Dolores were having marital problems. And so... Uh, they said, okay, well, we'll, you know, Brother Smith and myself, I said, come on in, we'll do some counseling for you. So we took down and talked to John, and we talked to John, and we put it A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And when we got done, John said, if I only knew what the problem was. So I said, well, let's look at it another way, A, B, C, D. When we got done, he said, well, if I just understood, I knew what the problem was. Well, on the third time, I said, you're the problem. You are the problem. See, sometimes you just got to flat out just say it. Somebody say amen. All the counseling in the world won't change things because counseling is, and my definition is trying to be nice to people because they've done something stupid. Now, I know that there are some cases, but I'm like this. I'm like Dr. Cho. If you've got a problem, go pray and fast three days and three nights, and then at the end of that, if you still have your problem, we'll talk. But if you're not serious enough to pray and fast over three days and three nights, then don't come to me because you ain't going to change just because I said something to you. Amen. See, we, we take life so lightly and for granted when he says, you know, when I'm telling you tonight is that probably I would say 99.9% of our problems come out of this. Or listening to something that wasn't right to begin with. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. <laughs> Listen to what he says in verse number 14. Enter not into the path of the wicked. Enter not into the path of the wicked. Listen, you're going to have opportunity to do wrong. Mm -hmm. 
He says, don't follow the wrong path. Don't listen to the wrong stuff. Don't let disobedience and rebellion and pride and all this other stuff, don't let it minister to you. In verse 15, and avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away from it. For thy sleep, he said, for thy sleep uh, not, ex- for they sleep not except they have done mischief, and, they, and their sleep is taken away unless they cause someone to fall. There's some people that are assigned to mess you up. Amen? Some people are assigned to mess you up. If you're in somebody's presence and you feel like you got barfed on, what does that tell you? How many of you ever talked to somebody and say, man, I wish I could just take a shower and wash this off of me? Amen. But wisdom tells me. See, this is what I'm telling you. He's talking about wisdom and instruction. Wisdom and instruction. Wisdom and instruction. So where did he get this? My daddy set me down and told me this stuff, and then I experienced it for myself, and now I'm writing a letter to you, and I want you to get it as well. Get wisdom and get understanding so you won't have to go through this hell I've been going through. He said, if you'll get on the path and follow it, he said, it will save you from all the troubles in life. And you will live long, and you will prosper, and you will be blessed, and you will have favor. Somebody say amen. Instead of getting caught up in all the quagmire and all the, and all the stuff that's in life that messes us up. Somebody say amen. My God. I, I wonder where the church could be if we hadn't spent all our times in mud holes. Seriously, think. Crying over spilled milk. Worried about what somebody said. Sleepless nights. My God. Somebody say, my God. But some people, he says, he says, for they don't even sleep except they've done mischief. And their sleep is taken away unless they can cause someone to fall. So there's somebody that's assigned by the enemy to get you trip you up, deceive you, hurt you, mess with you. Amen? Now, they might even not know, they may not even know that they're being led by the wrong spirit. Can I back up and say that most of that comes out of jealousy? Jealousy is as cruel as the grave. Amen? It comes out of jealousy. And God says, man, you don't want to be jealous. If you want to be jealous, be jealous about your love toward me. Be jealous for me. Amen. Somebody say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Get wisdom. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Amen. (laughs) I could say it like this. I was my father's first son, and he instructed me early, son, do not touch the red-hot unit. It will burn you. And I said, okay but I touched the unit anyway. And I found out that my daddy was right. So I'm writing this letter to you. Do not touch the red hot unit, for it shall burn you. And you'll say, okay. But then you'll go and touch the red hot unit. And what are you doing? You're getting some understanding. Said, man, that preacher was right. (laughs) Amen. Amen. And see, it's, it's, it's important, you know, when he's talking about this because we're, we're talking about confession because what happens is I get in agreement 
I can, I can get in agreement with what my adversary is doing against me. Even when people are wanting to do me evil, I can get in agreement with them. What are you talking about? Listen to this. I was trying to think of the scripture. Um, I'll just tell it to you this way. That when, when the enemy is setting you up, what can happen to you is once he gets you, he will get you to try to judge it. Hmm? Or to pray the wrong kind of prayer. Somebody say, Amen. I'm praying judgment on that person. <laughs> God, burn their house down. Let their bed be a bed of maggots. <laughs> let their, oh Lord, let their, let, their, let their house implode upon them, God. Let them go blind and deaf. Let their tongue consume away in their mouth. Let them have no peace. Let them have no rest. How many know that's not good praying? Amen. It's okay to pray for justice. Amen. For God to judge righteous judgments in, in matters just like what's going on in Israel because basically he has judged that and he's judged all things already. But he wants us to trust him to say, okay, God, you handle it. You take care of it. I'm just not going to mess with it because if I try to mess with it, I'm going to end up getting messed up myself. Amen. Hmm? Say, leave it alone. Leave it alone. And so you learn. Solomon was a great observer. When you look at him, he was like, hey, you know, he had something to say about everything. But my take on him is like, dude, you, were, you had all that wisdom and you still had all those women. I mean, what is Solomon? Come on, man. He was messed up, served false gods. He was, served idols, did all this stuff because of what he invited in his house to those women. They brought that mess to him. It ministered to him. It got on him. And he was the wisest. We call him the wisest man that ever lived beside Jesus. We call him the, the writings of wisdom. <laughs> and there's a lot of wisdom in it. You be satisfied with your wife. You hadn't got to worry about those other hundreds. <laughs> somebody look at somebody and say, leave them alone. Leave them alone. Amen. Because you don't want to open yourself up for something bad. See, what happens is, is when, when we are not seeking after wisdom and understanding and knowledge of the Word, what happens to us is we just begin to say, Listen, when we don't apply the word to our life, what we do is we just begin to say whatever we see and whatever we think about it. Whatever we see and whatever we think about it. What you think about it is not going to change anything. There's a lot of things that I have been through, I don't think I should have went through them. But I... I went through them anyway. Somebody say amen. How many have ever been through some the stuff that you said like, my God, amen? And just like, but God 
wants us to answer it like he would. Amen. He wants to say what he would say about it. Somebody say, that's wisdom. Amen. That's wisdom. <laughs> Knowledge. Understanding. Understanding. Let's look at verse number 20 in chapter 4. He says, My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, health to all their flesh. I think one translation says medicine. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. And that's basically what I was just talking to you about right here. Amen. Incline your ear. Keep your eyes on the Word of God. Keep, that, keep His commandments in the midst of your heart. Because why? They're life to you. They're life to you. They're life to you. They are life to you. Somebody said they're life to you. You can worry yourself into an early grave. You can age yourself prematurely. Amen. Listen. God doesn't want you to worry yourself sick. He wants you to uh, worship your way into health. Leaning upon him. He said, because if you'll do this, he said, my commandments, my words are life to you and health and healing to all your flesh, all your flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence because out of it flow the issues of life. Put away from you a froward mouth and perverse lips. Put that stuff away from you. Look straight ahead. Don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the left or any of those things. Don't let your foot be removed from the path of God because that's so important. Because your enemy wants one thing. He wants you to stop. He wants you to quit. He wants you to give up. He wants you to give in. He wants you to throw in the towel. He wants you to get mad. Come on, somebody. He wants you to throw up your hands and say to H with it. Somebody say amen. He does. I mean, it's the truth. Amen. <laughs> he just wants you to quit. Amen. But if I got the word in my heart, I'm not going to quit. Come on. That's not even, I mean, I don't have plan B. I got plan A. Amen. I understand why. Because of the wisdom and the knowledge of the word of God that my adversary's job is to stop me, make me miserable, hurt me, do anything that he can. And I have found out in every moment of my life when I get in those things, you know what I do? I start singing. I will get in my prayer time. I will get in my prayer closet. I will ride down the road or whatever that I'm doing, and I'll just begin to sing. I'll sing the song of the Lord. Not, I'll just sing some song that I've heard, but I'll make up stuff and sing it. I'll start praising him. I'll start praising him. I said, devil, I am not going there in Jesus' name. You're not pulling me in that hole. You're not pulling me into that in the name of Jesus. I refuse to let my tongue speak your language. Somebody say Amen. I'm going to praise him. Amen. And so you praise your way out of it. Somebody say, praise your way out of it. Amen. That's so important. That power that you have in your mouth, that tongue, somebody say tongue, that power of that tongue can get you out of your trouble if you speak his word. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together tonight.
Thank you, Lord. Get, go get some wisdom, get some understanding, get some knowledge. Somebody say amen, amen. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. We ask you in the name of Jesus to just uh, uh, let our hearts be stirred toward you, God. Father, because we can change anything with our words. You said we could speak to the mountain. You said, God, we could do that. Lord, we just, uh, and Lord, I pray tonight that everything the enemy has built in people's psyche or their soul will be plucked up, rooted out, and dismantled and torn down, smashed, bashed, trashed, removed in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray that that well of life, the Word of God, would just begin to come forth. You said, Lord, that out of our belly would flow rivers of living water. I pray that the living water of the Spirit of God, the Word of God, would just flow up, Lord, in our souls and in our spirits. Father in heaven, Lord, that we would not let sadness reign, depression reign, anger reign, or any other thing. But, Lord, that we would only let, Lord, uh, uh, you know, joy in the Holy Ghost reign. We ask tonight, Father God, that you, by your Spirit, Father, would release that, Father, in the name of Jesus. So if you're here tonight and you need prayer, we want to pray for you before you go. If you have a need, we want to agree with you together tonight. So if you want to come, I want you to come now so that we can agree together and we'll pray. Is there anybody tonight?